This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. All right, then, let's continue our conversation about all things chat, GPT, and artificial intelligence. Right now, we're going to look at the angle of using it to cheat in school. Dr. Zenath Reza Khan is an assistant professor at the University of Wollongong here in Dubai within the Faculty of Engineering and Information Sciences. Joins us now in the studio. Uh, Dr. Zenath, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you've been doing a lot of research into cheating among university students for quite some time now, and you've had journal articles published on this subject. Obviously, ChatGPT takes cheating to another level. But before we get to ChatGPT, can we just take a step back? What has your research before ChatGPT, before AI, told you about the type of cheating that students are doing here in the UAE? So um, thank you so much, of course, for having me here. I mean, it's a it's a topic that's of great passion to me. Um, I think uh, whenever we have something like this happening um, around the world, we take this opportunity to actually take a step back, like you said, and actually talk about the greater picture, which is academic cheating or uh, misconducts. Um, I've been doing research on this topic for a while now in the region. And um, anybody who says cheating is not happening in their classrooms, um, that's a pipe dream. That doesn't happen, right? Um, there is always some form of cheating happening. Not all of it is intentional. Students aren't always doing it because they want to be malicious. Uh, a lot of the times they just don't have the right tools. They've not been taught the right type of writing skills that are needed, um, the right type of acknowledgments that's expected. Um, in the, especially during the pandemic, what we did see mushroom was SMLs, um, which is basically companies that are writing assignments and reports for students. So you can basically hire, you've got an essay on I don't know, 16th century history or whatever right. it may be, and you just hire a company to do it. Or in your field, computer science. <laughs> right. I've got a code, whatever it is. I can just hire a company and pay yeah. them a few hundred dollars and they'll do it for me. That's a big business, yeah. That's a huge business. Um, even businesses like um, sites that are offering answers to um, essays and questions, they became multi-billion dollar um, industries over the pandemic. Um, and um, this is something that everybody's kind of looking at. Uh, we've had quite a few countries actually banning such services, saying they're unethical and illegal now um, in countries like UK, Ireland, New Zealand, Australia, parts of USA. Um, and the reason being, uh, contract cheating is a problem. It's not, not just an academic problem because you have a third party who is outside the jurisdiction of a university that actually is getting involved. So how do you kind of man or monitor or manage that aspect? And you set up something called the Centre for Academic Integrity right. to, to try and address this. Right. So how do you fix the problem? <laughs> so it's it's not something that you can just fix. It's, you can't put a Band-Aid on it. Um, it's something that you have to really work hard at. Um, the things that we do look at that works is not just at grassroots levels, just talking to students, because it's not just a student problem. Um, if I, as a teacher, am constantly repeating assignments, uh, my students are going to pick up on that, and they're going to take the questions from somebody else and just repeat the answers. If my teacher can be lazy, so can I. So it's it's a systemic thing that we have to bring in where we are actually looking at building a culture of academic integrity. And in fact, what, that's what we've seen universities that have managed that kind of um, atmosphere succeed through the pandemic. Um, universities that didn't have like academic integrity as an agenda in their board meetings, they're the ones that were struggling. Um, universities that did, 
So they had that holistic approach already in place. They had the policies in place. They had instructors and faculty members who were aware of it. They had support systems for university students. Uh, teachers were not focusing on marks, but rather on the efforts. These are the institutions that really succeeded um, towards, uh, over the pandemic. So that's the kind of thing that you need to be doing. What percentage of students cheat? <laughs> so the percentage hasn't really changed much over the decades that we've done the research. It's about 70 to 80 percent. 70 um, to 80%? This is self-reported cases. That means if you do a survey or if you're doing focus group where students are by themselves reporting that, yes, I either I have cheated or I have seen somebody else cheat. So that's the range that we are looking at, usually 70 to 80. So that's significant. It is significant. But I, I guess it's just the, 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 like with everything, the cheating continues, just the tools change. Yes. Yeah, plagiarism used to be a thing, copy-paste. Now there yes. are tools for detecting plagiarism. <clears throat> but what to what extent is chat gpt a game changer in a cheating and b the the policing of cheating so such an interesting tool that has come out right and i think they were genius at putting this forward as a chat rather than just a site that you can go to and uh, and try and get text generated um so what is making it uh, a concern for most academics is the conversational side of it where you can just go and put in a question and then it will give you some kind of an answer um I know there have been sensational headlines about how schools are banning it and universities are saying, oh, we need to go back to pen and paper and that is the way forward. It cannot be the way forward because that's not progress. You're going backwards. It's just a tool. Um, tool. So what we need to do is look at how do we incorporate this into our subjects? How do we incorporate this into our curricula? Um, redesign and rethink assessments so that you know we are not depending on just something that a student produces, rather as something the student is reflecting on, providing insights on. So it's, it's also about the assessment design, largely, um, that we need to be looking at. So yes, it's a concern. It's a concern because if a student is producing a um, piece of text from ChatGPT, it might be very difficult to distinguish between something a student has written and something a ChatGPT has written. But if I, as a lecturer, would know what kind of uh, output to expect from a student because I know what the process was, then I will immediately be able to distinguish. And instead of playing cat and mouse and being police with the students, if I can actually tell students, go ahead and use ChatGPT and then come back and reassess that work, reflect on it, review it, and then come back and give me a piece of work that you think is going to be answering my question. That's a more positive, more proactive way of looking at ChatGPT in classrooms. Great talk to you. Appreciate your time this morning. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. Although Thank you for having me. You've only got an 11-minute walk back to University of Wollongong, <laughs> so it's no great hardship at this time of year. Dr. Zenath Rezakar is a professor within the Faculty of Engineering and Information Sciences at the University of Wollongong, Dubai. Appreciate your time. Catch up on the business headlines with the Bite Size Business Breakfast.